Welcome to The Sweet Spot, the podcast for C-suite IT executives and leaders from C-suite leaders. And now for today's podcast, Howard Holton and Paul Lewis. Hello, everyone. This is Paul Lewis, and this is The Sweet Spot where Howard Holton and I talk for a good 23 minutes. And whether you listen or not uh, is up to you. Whether you think it's interesting or not, of course, also up to you. But at least we find it interesting. Howard, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. That is a really, I'm not, that might explain why we have so few subscribers to our podcast. Because I'm not sure starting by saying, we're going to talk regardless of whether you listen is the best way to really encourage people that we've got their best interests at heart. Well, we have our interests at heart. And what I, what I do enjoy is at least it's interesting to us. It is, it is interesting. And, and although no one can see it, our, our fearless director is laughing like crazy. <laughs> I'm surprised coffee didn't just shoot out his nose. <laughs> So at least we're entertaining one person. Exactly. Well, at least we have an audience of one. And sometimes I listen to it. Now, I do provide these recordings to my family. My 16-year-old ignores it. My uh, 12-year-old laughs at it. And I don't believe my wife has ever watched it. So uh, at least we have three positive critics. Yeah, I mean, and your family is identical to my family. I'm short one child there, but my 18-year-old daughter... Uh, thinks it's ridiculous and does not listen. And I don't think my wife has ever clicked play. Uh, my mother listened to one. And? And my mother listened to one. Yeah. Did, she, did she provide some positive feedback on the technical complexities? Uh, <clears throat> you know, I don't, I don't know that your mother as an audience member is exactly the best critic. <laughs> not, a lot of, not a lot of positive improvement to be made there. It's mostly, oh, that's sweet, that's sweet, dear. That's right. Uh, I'm on the internet. Isn't that cool? <laughs> you, could, you could easily Google me and look at all the pictures of me. Isn't that cool? Right, right. Sometimes I'm wearing a tie. We're on the Facebooks the internet lives. Right, exactly. So we have uh, now 20 minutes. So I thought we'd have a discussion on what I'll refer to as the customer journey. I had some fun and interesting debates with some departments within the organization about how one would define that journey. Um, and we had, uh, we had disagreements on where we thought that journey started and stopped. Uh, so I thought it'd be worthy of our conversation. Uh, so let me jump in and tell you, tell me, tell you what I hear. So what I hear all the time is the customer journey uh, starts at a compelling event, right? It starts at something has occurred in our client that has them wish to make a technological change. That event might be running out of capacity. That event might be an acquisition. Uh, that event might be um, introduction of a new line of business or a new application that I need to be able to support. Or that event might be uh, I divestiture, I, where I'm selling off part of my business or part of my uh, contractual obligations to clients to somebody else, or it might be 
more legislative in function. Maybe there's a regulatory change that I need to implement or some contractual client change I need to implement. And therefore that compelling event is the start. And that start means, well, they have a requirement for IT, they need to create RFPs and RFIs, they need to have conversations with vendors, they need to uh, pick uh, technology, they need to go through the process of buying that technology, and then of course they have to implement it into production. And isn't this this amazing cycle that, that we need to subscribe to? And while that's an interesting journey, um, I would argue that it's not a customer journey. It is definitely our journey as a technology vendor or any other technology vendor, um, and that we spend a good portion of our mind share in that journey. Uh, but it's probably not the customer journey. Uh, and I wonder what you think. If you were to describe customer journey, what, how would you describe it? Um, I don't know that I would necessarily describe it significantly different. I don't think that's a terrible description of a customer journey, but it's kind of an incomplete one. Um, a customer journey involves a lot more decision-making way before we get to the point where we're taking quotes and talking to vendors, um, at least seriously, <clears throat> right? Um, but but uh, it generally starts with some sort of of disruption to the current day's events, right? Um, otherwise, it's not really, you know, it's the journey that I'm on daily, but it's not really the journey that led, lean, leads me to a decision. Um, so there's a disruption of some sort. Um, it's either um, I read something or someone read something that sounded like a neat idea, and we kind of threw it against the wall and said, is this something we should be considering or doing? Um, or, uh, you know, a crisis event and the result of a crisis event or a change in business ours or somebody else's that kind of, you know, sparks the interest that leads you down a path. I, I think I agree with you that extending that customer journey and maybe calling it the buying journey is more appropriate by talking about what different events that might occur and how important it is and the kind of things that we would uh, need to do in order to buy technology. But I'd still argue that the customer journey isn't any of those things, that the important part for a customer is in fact once it's in production all the way up to that compelling event instead of that compelling event being the important part i know when i purchased hardware software services most of the time was not buying that thing most no, of the time was once i had that thing and actually being in operations with that thing oh i i actually think that the, the important parts are the, the bookends that have nothing to do with buying. Right. The important part is what is the challenge that caused the change that forced what eventually resulted in buying and a change in operations of the running. But I think that's an important piece, right? How did we get to the point where a vendor would be called? And, and there's a ton of, of pieces to that, hopefully, <clears throat> right? Some of which are um, business, some of which are technology, some of which are political. Um, and the drivers for that are, are kind of, you know, myriad and varied. And then, yeah, uh, uh, you know, as, as you've said in many conversations, um, I'm not buying technology. I'm not, I'm not acquiring widgets. I'm adding capabilities. 
And to successfully add capabilities means a change in my operations, a change in my team, and understanding how that thing works, adding lines of support, um, and adding all of that overhead equals, you know, eventually leads me to that capability. And so it's, 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 you know, kind of to your point, it's more about what does the run look like rather than the acquisition. Absolutely. Cause I the, agree. Run, the, acquisition the, is, the run is 90% of the time, right? The, the right. run is what happens at 3am. The run is what happens, what my entire infrastructure team does on a daily basis. Um, and while it might be the boring stuff, it's the stuff that actually keeps the company going, right? That keeps, keeps that revenue flowing. Yeah, I mean, 100%, right? If we only look at the buying cycle, which I don't like calling that the customer journey at all, if we only look at the buying cycle piece of the customer journey, we really are, you know, we're looking at the iceberg, right? We're looking at just the point that pokes out the top of the water, and that's not really the interesting part or shouldn't be the interesting part to, to us as the, the seller and is absolutely not the interesting part to the customer. Right, which redefines compelling event, right? One could say the compelling event is some external or internal factor that's requiring a client to buy something. Or one can say a compelling event might be created based on the relationship I have with that client. So if I'm involved in the client's operations, if I'm helping them improve efficiency, if, I'm, if I exist in the customer journey, that compelling event might simply be technological evolution. That compelling event might be creating um, opportunity where opportunity didn't exist before. That compelling event might be some sort of um, um, operational efficiency change that they didn't see had I not been involved in the operations to begin with versus waiting for the customer to discover their own event and then for us to be brought on board at that event. A hundred percent, right? But but now you're talking about the difference between a procurement partner and a trusted partner. Right. Right. Someone that you trust to be involved in operations, someone that you trust to to be able to have those kind of dialogues with is very, very different than a procurement partner. And I think it's incumbent upon all of the the individual vendor relationship folks, otherwise known as salespeople. Mm-hmm. To kind of decide where where do they want to be on that, you know, which checkbox do they want next to their name? Um, are they willing to have the connective uh, relationship that's required to be a trusted partner, or are they much more comfortable in the call us when you need something procurement box? Right. Um, and I think most of them, regardless of of what they say, their actions show they really want to be in that call us when you need something box, and hopefully I can make my number with that. Um, and as a, as a customer, that was the least valuable partner I had. So what, what's, what's a trusted provider or trusted partner cadence for you? What does that look like? What does good look like in that world? Um, for me, it was monthly. It was not less than monthly and probably not more than monthly. Like I don't have, I don't have an infinite amount of time and thus, you know, I don't need you there more than monthly, but it was more about when you're there, not just a cadence, but when you're there, that the cadence was substantive, right? It's not just, let's go to lunch once, once a month. Fine, that moves you to the top of my Rolodex when I need something, right? Because you're there and you're present. Um, I don't forget that you exist, but if you want to be more than forgetting that, that, that 
you know, you exist, then it needs to be, you bring me something on a, on a roughly monthly basis. You're, you're doing something to improve my understanding of the market, my business, um, business as a whole, market factors, any of those things. And, and that's really starts to move, move you up in that trusted partner quadrant. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, in fact, I saw it as sort of two sides of the same coin. Side one being, how can you uh, improve my understanding of the rest of the world? Right? And that rest of the world might be my competitors. That rest of the world might be other companies of my size using these kind of technologies. Uh, or rest of the world might be just different technologies that I think might apply here. That's side of coin number one. And then coin number two is how can you provide or ensure that you have a much deeper understanding than my, even myself on how my technological operations work so that you can find possible efficiencies of using your technology in my environment before I do. And you creating those opportunities before I even ask you for those opportunities exist. That, that would be the, the trusted provider I'm looking for. A hundred percent. And, and I find, I found um, that was rare, not non-existent, but that was rare. Most of my partners were much more interested in um, simply buy my new widget. Right. And, and they were just procurement at that point. Was that a scale issue? In other words, um, you would get more attention from the 20 plus million dollar purchases versus the one plus million dollar purchases? No, it was definitely a person issue. Okay. It was, it was the individual made the difference, not the, not the, the, the size. Of course, you get more attention if it's a bigger deal, but then the deal's already being worked and I don't really care, right? right? As far as I'm concerned, you get less of my attention and you're less valuable. Um, and, and if you bring me nothing, the chances of a repeat of that business is, well, slim to none. Right. Because what's the value, right? I'm, I'm, I can now look for everyone that does that thing. And I'm sorry, but no one is unique in the industry, Right. Or at least I'm, I'm very seldom, if ever, shopping for things that are completely unique. Right? I'm generally shopping for something that exists in the market and thus someone else can do it. And so if you've brought me nothing other than a, an invoice and some installation, um, I'm, not, I'm not more likely to buy from you again next time. I'm not even like, more likely to renew that product next time. So if cadence is, is you know, monthly-ish and the conversation is both external in and an appreciation internally, uh, then we think the makeup of this account team should include you know, a deep vertical knowledge sometimes, a deep business knowledge sometimes, uh, be able to bring to the table um, an engineering or an operational understanding um, and even come up with uh, good ideas, right? Be able to, to perceive problems or inefficiency before we see them or just have a good idea to introduce some sort of evolutionary technological change. Like that's the personality set we're looking for. C correct. And if I got each one of those once a quarter, I would have been very happy. If I got a business conversation once a quarter, that would have been great. A vertical conversation once a quarter, that would be great. And a technology or engineering conversation once a quarter, that would be great, 
right? Kind of that innovation fitting in the last one, right? The technology innovation, the business innovation, and the verticalized innovation conversation. It doesn't need to be completely driven by one side, right? But have the right people in the room that can carry that conversation, that can help drill down and help bring a perspective that doesn't exist inside my organization. It's absolutely the people. Um, the company makes a difference, right? I want to buy from a company that aligns with how I feel and how I think and, and how I believe. And I want to buy from a company where I feel that the company values me as a customer. Um, I want to buy from a company that I don't feel is evil. Um, but ultimately, the company does not maintain the relationship. The people maintain the relationship. I have a question for you. Sure. Um, Since I've yeah, since you're here, throughout your career, um, you know, you buy from people, right? Like I said, you never buy from a company. The company doesn't show up with a piece of paper. A person does. When you have a sales rep leave, are you more likely to follow the rep or stay with the current company? Uh, I, I think for obvious reasons, um, you have a technology and production, you're likely to stay with that company until such time as you, the, the, the viable use of that technology has been. I don't mean rip and replace, right? (laughs) Someone's going to pick up the phone and call you in the next week. Yeah. Right. I wasn't super responsive to that. Like you kind of start over, right? It's a relationship, but I am responsive. If, if the guy, if the guy went from, from EMC to pure, and I had a relationship, sure, I'm not going to rip and replace EMC. Right. Like, that's silly. I'm not, I, 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 have a re, I have a fiduciary responsibility to buy intelligently. Right. Right. But when that renewal is due, I'm very likely to talk to Pure in addition to the EMC rep. Yes. Right? I'm following the, the person, not just sticking with the technology. That is true if and only if um, the pitch is different. In other words, if... Uh, vendor A's products is the best and next week they work for vendor B and now vendor B's products the best that changes the dynamics of it well that changes the relationship right because at that point you're probably not being honest with me right why is vendor B's product better than vendor A if you can't quantify that in a way that's subs that's has substance in meaning to me and my business then you're just another talking head and you've now removed, you've now lost the ground you may have gained. Exactly. However, if you've applied your knowledge of my business strategy and my technological efficiency and maturity, and you've um, attributed those characteristics and those features to the new strategy of the new company, and then come to me and said, I think this would apply better, I'd be all ears. 100%. Hundred percent. But what I found very often is the salesperson that I that built that cadence with me would leave, and no one would carry that cadence. Right. That's right. The the um, next account executive would be significantly different than the one I just had. Right. And I, I all of that cadence would have to be rebuilt. Um, I I actually never was at an organization where the change of the account exec or the change of the SE allowed for a seamless trans transition of of humans of people and i don't expect the conversation to be the same but the cadence itself should not be hard to maintain and that was always broken that actually brings us back nicely to that customer journey right because 
part of that customer journey is change management and it's change management on both sides. It's the org change that I put in place as a customer, right? The reality is I have different people, different times. You know, there was points in time that I had 23% turnover, right? So there was, that was a pretty big chance that it will be different, you know, on a quarterly basis. Uh, and then if there's change in the account team, um, what's a process to do a better account team to account mapping so that it's not just the default next account executive, that it's in fact somebody that's assigned to me that's matched to both my maturity and my capability and my expectation of relationship. I think that those kind of things need to be thought about in the production sense of the customer journey versus the sales sense of the sales journey. So I had that happen a couple of times with my, my biggest vendors where, the, where something caused the, the account relationship to change. And, and I have to say, um, I called the executive level. Right. right. I, I, I wasn't very happy with the, we're going to put in whoever we feel we want to put in because they've picked up the account. And rather I would call, at, at the very least, I would call the district manager if I had a good relationship. Otherwise I'd call up to the executive level and say, hey, this person is no longer here. Don't assign me a default person and think that, the, that, that you're gonna meet quota. Think that the sales are going to be the same, right? Um, these are the things I want from a new sales team. I expect you to find me a person that fits these qualifications. Um, and, and if they were wrong, it, it established the dialogue and I could go, okay, this person's not meeting my needs, fix this thing. Um, but generally when it was just kind of this random decision, they, they lost sales. Right. Right. I, sh I should be able to interview my accounting. I agree. Yeah. I, I maybe not be able to pick them, right? You can't put five in front of me and be able to pick one that I appreciate right? there's only so many account teams to go around. But uh, I should I run it like the voice <laughs> right. Right? or America's got talent. <laughs> no, that's, that doesn't work. <laughs> that's I, thought right. that was, I thought that was good. All right. All right. The director's no longer laughing. So that's right. That's right. Can't be any good. He's given us a warning, but I think, uh, I think we can round out the conversation. Um, I think there's a potentially a distinct difference between the sales journey and the customer journey. I think we should focus on value creating with a customer journey and that's from production to event. And even more importantly, you're helping create that event. You're not just allowing that event to occur. Yep. Um, and then the relationship it on continuing, right? Exactly. And then the relationship you build through that customer journey is what's going to make the difference between uh, earning that transaction or not. That's kind of what it boils down to. Yep. And the, I think the focus at the very, at very minimum, even if you don't get super strategic, needs to be on uh, allowing for the next transaction, right? I always say we, we sell the customer a story and, if, and it's broken down into chapters, right? Each transaction is a chapter. And so I'm not just setting you up for this chapter, but all of the chapters that follow. So that means I have to pay attention to how is it going to run? How is it going to exist after the, the checks have been cashed, right? The money has been received and the product has been delivered. Um, and I think that's at least as important, if not more important. What is the sustainability of the thing you're putting in place in front of this customer and how are they going to use it?
and are they capable of doing so? Are you leaving them in a position where they're capable of doing that? Or is it, is the fervor from the delivery going to slowly wind down and then that becomes shelfware because they don't have the capabilities to continue to run it effectively? That is a brilliant ending point. In fact, it will help us kick off some sort of future uh, podcast when we talk about why I used to cho choose enterprise software over open source software almost entirely because of that point. <laughs> but that was a great conversation. Uh, let's do it again, maybe even in about 10 minutes. Uh, whole other topic. Uh, I am Paul Lewis, and I'm here with... Howard Holton. Thank you and very this, much. And this is The Sweet Spot.